0: Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I'm pleased to be here with Senator Brian Daly representing the first uh, Senate district in California. Prior to that, he was an assembly member from 2012 to 2019 in the first district. Uh, you were also on the Lassen County Board of Supervisors for 16 years. You're a small business owner and a farmer. He has a wife and three kids, and I'll just list the committees you serve on, so everybody has reference. The Environmental Qualities Committee, you are Vice Chair of Energy and Utilities and Communications. You also serve on the Budget and Fiscal Review Committee, Banking and Finance Committee, Senate Transportation Committee, uh, and FAIRs Allocation and Classification Committee. So uh, we are excited to have you here on the Energy Strong podcast and, and appreciate you Taking the time, and I guess just to open it up to you, number one, how do we, as an energy strong group and uh, energy strong supporters, support you with with capital raising and financing, and what is the strategy to slay the dragon that is Gavin Newsom and and bring some sanity back to our our state?
1: Well, Mike, thanks for having me on. Um, I just wanted to first maybe share a little bit about. Uh, Uh, a little more about my, my history. And um, so you should know that uh, my family has been farming in California for 92 years. Uh, I'm the third generation. My grandfather came during the great depression uh, and actually was able to get a land grant. Uh, The government was giving out land um, for veterans. He put his name in a pickle jar. They drew his name out and he got an 80 acre homestead in Siskiyou County. And so we've been doing it a long time here. Uh, we're stewards of the land, and uh, we love California. It's an awesome state. Uh, and I realized, uh, you know, about 25 years ago, I needed to be involved in my community to make sure it was shaped right. And then, uh, obviously, I ended up at the state legislature, and I've been there a decade, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And in the mm-hmm. last 10 years, um, we've seemed to be in like a state of crisis all the time. And you know, we don't have to be in a crisis, Mike. We have right. resources available mm-hmm. in California. Um, And we have infrastructure uh, that, you know, our forefathers, the people that came to California saw and actually, excuse me, developed all these water systems. And, you know, we discovered oil and gold and all those awesome things about California. Um, But now we have a we have a legislature and a governor that uh, doesn't seem to have those same visions for California uh, that we've all enjoyed in the past. And we become in this state of crisis. So what do I mean by that? That is, um, you know, we have highest gas prices in the nation. We have the highest electricity rates in the nation. We have a a water shortage. We're continually in a water shortage in California. uh, Mm. And our forests are burning down. And so you think about that. And then on top of that, you have crime and education and all these other things that are happening in California, which quite frankly, doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't, we don't have to be in a crisis all the time. Right. Um, California's knowing, has been known for its, you know, it's floods and it's droughts. Um, but we can capture water, uh, which helps the environment, helps fish, helps farms, and helps communities. Uh, we can drill for oil right here in California. We have, uh, I think it's 1,200 permits right now at CalGen waiting to get permitted. Right. So we can be in it. We can thin our forest uh, so we don't have these catastrophic wildfires and let fire do what it did for centuries before we were here. It thinned our forest naturally. And so. Right. There's a lot of solutions to our problems, but um, the legislature doesn't like that. They like to be in crisis so they can scare the voters into voting for them and thinking that they're going to fix it by raising their taxes and wasting their money, quite frankly.
0: Right. Yeah. It seems that way. And I'm born and raised here too. I love your history of being here 92 years. My, my grandpa came out from Oklahoma in the great depression and worked his way from New Mexico out to San Diego with, with general dynamic way back in the day. And, um, that's, what's driven me to get active too, is you see, uh, you know, my colleagues in Texas, for example, will say, Oh, well, why don't you, Just get out of California. And my thought is, why should I have to leave my home where my ancestors have laid a fantastic foundation because these policies are just being rammed down our throats? And so, um, what do you say to because, you know, quite frankly, moderate Democrats don't really appreciate the way California is being run either. So what do you say to even the moderate Democrats that say, well, it's just a foregone conclusion that Newsom's going to win. So we should just, you know, give up and pack our bags and, and move to Oklahoma, move back the reverse grapes of wrath back to Oklahoma.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great question. And look, um, you know, if you're on a fixed income or you're an hourly wage, or it doesn't matter if you're a Republican, Democrat, independent, the poll, The inflation's killing you right now. I mean, uh, like I said, if you're on a fixed income or an hourly wage, you're getting destroyed by, uh, you know, eggs went up uh, 30% last year. A gallon mm-hmm. of milk's gone up. I mean, everything's going up and it's going to continue to go up. It's because we need, to drive, we need to drive the cost down. How do you drive the cost down? There's a couple of ways to do that. First of all, government is spending money, uh, like crazy, they've taken your money and they're just dumping it back into the system. So we have 97 billion dollars in surplus, Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that means we've met all of our obligations and we have 97 billion dollars. Instead of giving it back to the people who paid the tax, um, they're they're giving it. They're they're going to give you uh, 400 to 800 dollars uh, in September
0: right. for
1: inflation for inflation. And, and but the best thing would be to do is to drop down. Uh, the fuel prices, uh, the fuel tax in California, we could backfill uh, that tax with the with the general fund dollars that we have uh, surplus monies, and that it's a twofold uh, help for the Californians. There's 54 cents a gallon of, ga- of gas that we pay a tax on, and and that that means that everything that's transported to you on, on, in diesel trucks would also drop the price, and well as well as when you put a gallon of gas in your car, you'd be 52 cents. It's math. Uh, In a year, it would save you about $1,500 per family in California uh, just by dropping that 52 cents. The other thing we need to do, Mike, is we need to uh, uh, streamline the process and actually make CalGen, which is the people who are uh, responsible for permitting oil wells in California, to permit them. There are Mm 1,200 there every year. I sit on sub two, which is a committee you didn't uh, talk about. That is is the finance committee for all natural resource money goes through that um, committee. And mm-hmm. the last three years I've been on that committee, CalGen has put in for budgeting for more people. And the, and the California right. uh, oil companies have to... Well, think about uh, Gavin Newsom talking about how we're saving the world by the environment when we're, when we're bringing tanker loads of um, oil in from Ecuador. 24% of our oil comes from Ecuador uh, and they're destroying the rainforest. Um, the Aborigines over there. I, there was a story a couple of weeks ago about how there was an oil spill. Actually, the oil got into the Amazon River, and you know the the locals there, the natives, are very upset with what's happening uh, in there. And so, why not produce oil in California, where we have the most stringent environmental laws? We can do it safer than anywhere in the world, quite frankly. And we could put our people to work, and th- those jobs would be California jobs that creates a tax base locally uh, here in California. And uh, we could be energy independent, uh, and that's what we need to do. So, I want to talk about politics, if I can, for a second, Mike. Absolutely. Why it, why it is so challenging for um, you know uh, for us for me to be able to beat Gavin Newsom? I totally believe I will win, and I can win, but I need some help. And then, what do I mean by that? Gavin Newsom has uh, a lot of power brokers in Sacramento. Who is that? There are big unions in Sacramento that. Um, teachers union there's seiu 1000 and let me just give you an example of how much power they have most of the people i work with in the legislature um, are community organizers they don't run a business when i was in the assembly there were three of us mike that did a payroll every two weeks so they have no idea what a businessman is doing that provides a private industry job Mm -hmm. and so they want to get elected and how do you get elected and and, and it doesn't matter where you're at in the nation the way you get elected is you let people know who you are and how do you do that you have to raise money to let people know who you are and then your ideas and and so on and so forth well democrats raise about 300 million dollars every two years in california for california races wow republicans raise about 30 million that's total for for our national races and our and our local races Mm -hmm. so the difference is very lopsided now Um, So I'm going to talk about SEIU 1000 that's the largest public union in California there's 700 members you can go to their website. You can click on the very first page says 700,000 members and their dues are $91 a month. So that's Mm -hmm. $63 million a month now not all that goes to um, political campaigns, but about 300 million of it does every every two years and that's just one union so that's what we're up against so they. Gavin Newsom has $24 million in the bank. I have less than a million right now. And so what is he going to be able to do? He's going to be able to control the airwaves and talk about what he wants to talk about. And that's all you're going to hear is from Gavin Newsom, unless I have resources. Mm-hmm. So I need people that are in the two main industries in California that are getting destroyed by the legislature is agriculture and, um, and energy. So mm-hmm. oil and the likes. And so those are the two industries that I need to come behind me Help support my race. So you can do that by going to briandally.com, and you can donate. We have all kinds of different programs. We have for real for the individual who's not a business owner. We have what we call the dollar a day. We ask people to do thirty dollars a month um, for the next for till the end of the uh, election. Or we have people you can just donate up to thirty two thousand four hundred dollars. Gavin Newsom gets a lot of those checks. Mm -hmm. We get a few. Gets a lot of those from the power brokers in Sacramento. And quite, and to be honest with you, um, those are the people I need to have come alongside and help me. And so you can go to briandelley.com, um, and you can click on the donate page. You can see all kinds of information about me, what I've been doing for the last uh, 25 years as an elected in California.
0: Yeah. We'll be sure to publish that as we, you know, put the video out and then it, uh, over the air, we'll make sure we pump your website. One thing, is there truth to this because, you know, being, being an entrepreneur and trying to start an oil and gas company in in this state which we are i believe the only new developer trying to enter the oil and gas which is really frightening from an energy security standpoint but is uh, tying it all back with with you know buying it from ecuador buying it from saudi arabia why is is it not you know pervasive throughout sacramento that we should first stop those foreign imports then we could talk about phasing out our local production if we do somehow have a transition. Um, I'm skeptical that it's a transition more than it's just kind of an integration of all these energy sources. But is it is it political? It, are they are they saying well, if we if we don't let the oil and gas folks make money here in California, then that starves a traditionally conservative, voter base from donating money to people like you or is it um you know not in my backyard i just outsource all this stuff or maybe a combination of both but it just strikes me how can we say we want any product from saudi arabia or any product from ecuador you know unless maybe it's bananas that they're grown in the rainforest or something like that but how can we say we want to have active flares in the rainforest and then you know, totally shut it in in Kern County. It's just bizarre.
1: Well, I would say uh, a twofold thing. Number one, um, I don't want to import any food or oil from any other uh, country. Number mm-hmm. one, we we produce, number two, we produce the, the best quality, the most secure, safe uh, products in the world right here in California. Unfortunately, the environmental movement has, has came along and punished Californians and said, you know, we got to do it in a more, uh, cleaner way. But at the same time, we've exported all those jobs and the supply and the things we need every day, oil, food, manufacturing, all those things we use uh, are is pushed off to, to other countries. China, uh, we're uh, importing oil and they don't, they don't have the same rules we planted, but they're, they're, and they're making the air dirty that we breathe. And so at the mm-hmm. end of the day, um, I want Californians to be able to produce um, the products that we need in a safer way and put Californians to work and, and drive the really to show if we're going to lead the world in the environmental movement, then we still got to be able to produce the things we need to live every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the problem in California is that somehow the narrative has been that, you know, oh, we're, we're shutting down this plant, but we're saving the world. Well, we're not because we're exporting uh, those jobs to China where they don't have any regulatory environment and they're polluting the air that, that we breathe. So I think that's where... And then the other thing is, is that politically, you know companies have I, I call it what I really do, Mike, every day is I negotiate the death of our businesses. So <laughs> who do I mean by that? Think about that. I mean, for ten years they go, oh, well, this this regulation is gonna we'll phase it in. it's gonna take well, it's just a slow, it's a dying of a thousand cuts. It's the same thing you're in the energy, uh, you know, trying to trying to produce oil in California is like you got to get all these permits, you got to do all these things to finally get where you want to be. Well, you don't have to have those things. In Ecuador, and so a lot of our companies have went to Ecuador, and they're just shipping it in here, right? They're helping develop their um, natural resources with labor that's a lot uh, less expensive, uh, with with the environmental things that aren't as stringent. So I'm I'm of the mind that um, you know we need to do it here in California, and I I'm really worried about California and our supply chain uh, that we we've we're we're so reliant. I was just at the port. Of, of Oakland, and you know there, there's a big trucking problem right now because of regulations in California. AB5 was a law that doesn't allow independent truckers to be able to move stuff around in California. So seventy thousand trucks are not able to move products, and the products we need from the ports, and so it's driving up the cost of everything in your in the grocery store. And we, I, we if you recall back during COVID, when there was a shortage of toilet paper, right. I'm going to tell you something: <laughs> if we get a shortage of food. You can, you can get by without toilet paper, but you can't get by without food. And food security, keep our food safe here in California. So uh, we need to produce our own energy. We need to produce our own food. We need to, And we need to get out of this crisis mode and show the world how we can actually do it in a more clean, efficient way and keep jobs in California.
0: Absolutely. And I always tell my friends, again, bringing it kind of to the broader audience in Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado, wherever anybody's listening to this. It's easy to forget that California produces so much for the rest of the country, or like you say, the supply chains are bringing in 40% of our imports through our ports in our state, and That just extrapolates through the whole entire country. So I hope that people listening to you say we we need Senator Daly to win this race because we need someone that's going to help alleviate the supply chain issues for really the whole country. It's not just California. So um, what do you think from a from a food and agriculture standpoint? I mean, the the numbers we produce for, for the country are astronomical. I mean, it's huge.
1: Yeah, you should know that we're the fifth largest economy in the world. So we're mm-hmm. like a, a nation state. I mean, we, they talk about that a lot. And it's true. When California, you know, stubs its toe, the rest of the country falls. I mean, mm-hmm. it's for real. It's like there's there's a, we, we do have, and the other thing that happens in California is as California goes, the nation goes. When you start looking at, um, just like, for example, uh, the air quality standards that they put on cars started in California and now across the nation happens. So what happens in California will more than likely happen across the nation. That's why we need to fix California. We don't need to leave California. We need to fix California. And I, I'm not going to leave Mike. There's That's not my, I, I don't, I have too much uh, invested in California. And most of, my, most of my neighbors and people that are in business don't want to leave California either. But there becomes a point where can you survive California? That's that's where we're at. And you know, We have an opportunity in this election to beat Gavin Newsom. His polling numbers are are dropping, uh, and Californians are waking up. The Hispanic community is leaving the Democrat Party. And um, and this is not about Democrat-Republican. This is about just making California work. I've worked across the aisle. Um, I've been in in the minority my whole career. 26 years Mm -hmm. I've been elected in California. I've always been in the minority, and I get a lot of things done. Um, But can you imagine having uh, a governor? who would appoint the resources secretary, who appoints the water board directors, who appoints the energy, the California Public Utilities Commission. Mm-hmm. Appoints Think about putting people in there that want to solve problems and they actually want to like make California work again. You, you all these agencies are EDD, you know, unemployment. They, they lost $20 billion in fraud during COVID, 20 billion. That's mm-hmm. more than most nations have for their whole budget. And we- right. know, Got, it got taken and businesses in California have to pay that money back. Yeah, that's the Most people don't follow all these things are happy. Uh, when the stock market does take a dip and it will, we know it cycles. It goes up and down. When it does, California is going to be in a tough way because most of our income comes in from capital gains from people making money off the stock market. When it doesn't happen, California is going to be in a tough way. We're going to need strong leadership, somebody that actually knows how to balance a budget for real. Uh, when I left Lassen County, our county is completely debt-free. I believe it still is today. It's one of the most, uh, uh, most inexpensive places to live in California. In fact, there, it is. There was a study done that says we're the best county uh, to live in as far as uh, your dollar goes further here. Yeah. So we need that kind of leadership in Sacramento. Gavin Newsom is out of touch. He's running for president. He wants to be the president of the United States. He's not really focused on California. He's uh, somebody who's out of touch even with, he's an elitist Democrat. Let's just put it that way. He's out of touch with Democrats, even in Sacramento. Uh, they don't really like him. They tolerate him. Uh, he doesn't uh, work well with them. He's just focused on um, getting where he wants to go. And, you know, I made a joke the other day about, you know, he's running for president because he he wants to get out of California, too. He, he can't, he can't <laughs> make it. So.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree completely. I think I think he almost has to. I know I've always known he wants to, and that's kind of been an open secret, but if he doesn't, the blackouts are going to be so bad that his career is over. If he doesn't run before and he might not escape it fast enough because we're, we're short on power, which is somewhere. I'd love to hear your perspective because I know you've got a a lot of experience building hydroelectric facilities and on the, on the utility committee and, um, it's really frightening to think that the fifth largest economy in the world is short on power. And we will be through, is it 2025? So if he doesn't leave, he's going to be presiding over the blackouts. And we know what happened in 2001 um, with Governor, um, was it not Governor Brown? Um, uh, Davis. Davis, Davis Davis yeah see I was in college then I wasn't I wasn't paying attention to politics in 2001 but you know that was that was his you know undoing but that's kind of why I think he's got to go to DC because he's got to run away from the mess he's helped create
1: well I would share this with you know being a farmer you have to plan you don't just throw seeds on the ground and they grow you have to till the land you have to make sure there's no weeds. you have to fertilize it. you have to water all those things before you get a, a, a harvest and you know, in California, we don't, we don't do that politically. We don't think about the future. We just Right now we're transitioning to solar and wind. Well, we have more solar and more wind at certain times of the day, and uh, we have too much energy. So think about this, I, I'm, I've been on the energy community. As you mentioned, I used to build hydroelectric plants when I was younger, and I built transmission lines. I, I worked construction and farmed, and so I have a lot of like knowledge of, uh, you know, how things should work and, and, and in a practical sense. So it's, there's places in California where we overproduce power. Um, and, and when we overproduce power, when you put electron in the system, one has to come out. There's no place to store it. And so uh, with the, when, we're, when the sun is up and the wind is blowing, we actually export power to, to Nevada and Arizona uh, and put it back in the grid. And we pay as taxpayers for the, for the tax breaks that we give to solar and wind. We pay as taxpayers. And we also pay as ratepayers a billion dollars a year. The ratepayers of California pay to export power for free to other states.
0: Wow. So I did not for? know that. Wow. Yes, there
1: was there's a I think it was a San Francisco article that backed it up. It's been well documented. <clears throat> and we have the highest rates in, in the country. So as you write in your bill, you're paying people to get power for free in other in other states. Mm-hmm. What do we need to do? We need to build just transmission lines. So we can we can take that power from Bakersfield and Bakersfield is the largest solar producer in the state. So we take, so we're overproducing in those areas and we need to build transmission lines to places like Los Angeles. So we can actually move that power uh, during the heat of the day when we need air conditioning, move that power. So some simple things can happen in California to actually drive down the cost of, of of manufacturing and and your electric rates by just moving power around. Uh, So I would just do an executive order if I was the governor and say, Hey, this is a priority. We're going to do it. We're going to go build these lines and, and we're upgrade lines that are already there and we have the transmission just do it. And that way we can get power where we need it and we can drive the cost of power down, which in turn ha- helps the environment because we're not having to turn a gas plant on uh, in the area where we can't get the transmission to. And then look at our grid in a holistic way. So that's number one on electricity. Same thing on water. I mean, mm-hmm. it just drives me crazy as a farmer that to think we're out of water all the time when there's when in 2017, the Oroville Dam spillway broke because we had so much water dumping over the top of it. Mm-hmm. It was the wettest 2017, the last part of 2017, and the first part of 2018 was the wettest uh, year recorded history. Since we've been keeping records, that was the wettest year. That was four years ago. Mm. So think about um, if we'd had sites for where it's a million, million two acre, 1.2 million acre feet. There's many places in California where it's not going to affect the environment, not going to hurt the fish, or not going to hurt anybody. We can store water, and it's 10, it's 10 to 20,000 acre um, small reservoirs out the Sierra's where we're not going to hurt. And then we can also store water in the ground. We need to capture that water because we do. We are seeing climate change. We're seeing our snowpack come off earlier, and and our elevation for our snow is going up. Uh, So we need to grab that water. So that's what I when I say about. Crisis management. I'm so tired of being in crisis management. I would not run my farm that way every year being in a crisis. When I figure out how to make it sustain for generations, and California can do that with leadership. It's the right people appointed to the agencies. It's somebody that wants to lead with a vision of how California can be sustainable, and we can. And when you do all those things, Mike, it drives the cost of all goods down because there's enough water. There's there's not rationing. There's enough power. Mm-hmm. and we can take care of california in a way that californians should be take care of and then we can build houses and we can make californians uh, a place where people want to stay right that's so that's what, this, <laughs> that's, what this, that's what this race is about mike this is about somebody who's not leaving california somebody who cares about california is not just doing it to run for some other office I, I want my my children to have the same opportunities that my grandfather saw and my dad saw and i saw and uh you know it's not that way though we, we see crisis management. And that's what's wrong with California. And so I need people to turn out to vote. I need them to, to donate to my campaign so I can get my message out. And we can beat Gavin Newsom back and put a governor in place and some balance. We've 25 years of one-party control. Can you imagine if we just had the governor as a Republican who was going to do the right thing, who's going to veto those bad bills, who's going to make CalGen, produce those permits so we can, you know, be energy independent and make California a place where people want to come live and and raise their families like uh, you and I want to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, it's so important. And it's, and it's so uh, underreported. I mean, you, you, that's the other challenge, the media, I subscribe to the LA times, you know, digitally, just so I can see, I call it Gavin Newsom's PR machine at work because there's just very little coverage about practical solutions, about managing, as you would a, a sustainable business rather than through crisis. And it's, it's so hard to break through. And I'm hoping that, you know, people see this identify with you and say, Hey, there's a farmer, a businessman, a, a, a community leader that, that cares about the community, not their own, you know, self-righteous pursuit of a white house run. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, and and I know it's a really hard uh, It's a hard solution to find, but one thing as as an energy developer that I'm continually baffled about is the, the climate activists and the groups that are out, it's almost as if every project is challenged in court, whether it's going to help our environment, you know, truly help it from a scientific perspective, or if it's just kind of a frivolous, you know, we need to save this insect that nobody even knows what it is, or whatever it is. But how do we? How do we? You know, the court system is great in the United States and in California because we we can seek justice. But how do we streamline that process to where we can quickly identify true problems and then quickly resolve? Is there is there any solution to that issue?
1: Well, you should know, Mike, that California has what we call CEQA, which is California Environmental Quality Act. It's been around for a long time. And I'm going to say something, you're probably going to blow you away. I actually like the law. Originally, the intent of the law was awesome. And what the law was meant to do was say, hey, if I'm going to build a project and I'm going to impact my neighbors, I need to mitigate those impacts. Right. So your neighbors and being a farmer. I want to know that my, what my neighbors are doing is not going to impact my farm, and I want to likewise not impact theirs. And so, what happened? What's happened though is that everybody uses it for a pawn in the game. So, labor. Let's talk about labor for a minute. So, organized labor uses it for to get labor contracts. They go in and sue, and they and under under it has they'll find something that mm-hmm. they can't. They want to make. They so they sue. Labor sues, environmentalists sue because they don't want anything to happen. They don't want to. They don't want to build anything, and so they sue. Um, and then big business uses it as well. So I'll give you an example of how business uses it. Uh, when I was on the board of supervisors here in Lassen County, um, there was a con- construction company that was trying to that had a gravel pit. So you know, m- crushing rock for asphalt for your driveways and for highways, making cement. Sure, sure. And then the neighbor was trying to put one in. So this company suing these the other company on CEQA because they don't want the competition. So it's used by the three biggest players in California as a pawn, not because the law is a bad law, because the, the law is used uh, to leverage for things. So we need to take that out. We need to take the leveraging out of CEQA. And how do you do that? There's been many attempts in the legislature, and th- this, is, this is a bipartisan issue in, on some things. Um, but we haven't been but it's tough to get it done because everybody, that's at the Capitol, the power brokers use it. So Mm -hmm. what we need to do is we need to say, look, if you lose, if you, if you file a frivolous sequel lawsuit and use, you got to, you got to pay, you got to pay the, your, uh, you got to pay for your attorney fees and all the things that the, that the promoters were doing. But we, it's really really hard to do in California because you have to go on the ballot, quite frankly, it needs to go on the ballot to, to balance it out. But that's what we need. We need some uh, reality in here. Like You can't just continue to, Sue these people to where they they get they can't do their projects. And that's that's what we see in California. So now we have done legislation to exempt uh, basketball arenas in Los Angeles and in Sacramento. We did uh, exemptions and we fast tracked them and we said, no, you can't sue. And and we built these things. So we need to do the same thing uh, that we've been able to do uh, for uh, resource type of projects as well. So water and and, in. Uh, energy and all those things that we use in California residential building for homes. I mean, it's, we, we can never, we need exemptions to build homes too. That's why we have such a shortage of homes because developers are not going to take that risk of going through the whole process, spending, you know, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars for these projects, and then they don't get them and they're out that money. So right.
0: that's,
1: that's wrong. Even when they've mitigated all the impacts, except for uh, people just suing them. And so, uh, that's what's wrong with California. It's why we, we can't get anything done here in California. Is we have uh, people use the laws uh, to and also extract money from the developers. When somebody's trying to develop something, they they can get paid off and then they settle and they move on. Well, that's that's what's wrong with it. We can't have that. We need to we need some balance uh, with our environmental laws.
0: Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly, and and Sequoia is well intentioned, and it's it's signed by Governor Ronald Reagan and and AB, uh, what was um, I'm thinking the Global Warming Solutions Act of 2006. Oh, AB thirty two AB 32, I've blanked on the number. There's so many numbers flying in my head. Schwarzenegger signed that. And Schwarzenegger yeah. signed that. So we see Republicans signing the landmark environmental laws, but then they get distorted by, as you say, these, these big companies, or it's amazing if you're a billionaire basketball team owner, how quickly your project gets approved, isn't it? Right. Or, or or during the pandemic, I saw CEQA exemptions for medical marijuana growers in Los Angeles and uh, uh, not only that, $100 million in in stimulus for this industry that is competing with the black market, and it's yeah. a total disaster from an environmental standpoint, but we will totally ignore CEQA for something that is is not vital, like energy and oil and gas. And meanwhile, there hasn't been a new well permit in Kern County since October of 2021, and we've got 1,200 permits backed up. And everybody in the state suffers from these high prices. It's just, yeah, something needs to, if it's get on the ballot or whatever, just keep CEQA. No one wants to get, because it also allows us as operators to say, look, we are the only barrel of oil that's produced under CEQA and under AB32 in the world. And so they're great for us but we just need a pathway to get our projects permitted which sounds simple but it's really not
1: well Mike I have um, I put together my commitment to California it's ten top uh, things that we talk about we're talking about the environment we talk about uh, building houses we talk about crime we talk about all those things and then I have it's uh, we're just uh, redoing our uh, website. We'll have it up there. I submitted the the my commitment to California, I call it, and the things I'll, my priorities uh, going forward as governor, what why, how, what the things I've worked on, obviously crime, homelessness, all those things are in there, but also is in there is a common sense approach to, um, you know, our resources. A point, can you just imagine if we had an EPA director and a director of natural resources who wanted Californians to be able to push the agencies to do what they're supposed to do? Permit those projects, not uh, not in a way that skirts the, our laws, but to just get it done. At the end right. of the day, mm-hmm. we just need people to do their jobs. And that's one of the frustrating things uh, as a legislator. I love, I'm actually uh, at our farm today. I'm going to go load a couple loads of hay. I'm helping my son. Uh, for two days, I've taken off of the campaign to help my son uh, during the harvest right now. And... The beautiful thing about going out and being in business is you work all day and you get to see the fruits of your labor. Mm -hmm. Uh, In government, you can work all day and you don't see anything happen and our agencies don't do what they need to do. Um, That's what I wanna be able to do as governors. I wanna appoint people to these agencies. I wanna veto bad bills and I wanna be able to make things happen in California. There has to be productivity at the end of the day. You can't just push it off, it needs to happen. And that's what we really need is we need leadership in our agencies that are just bogged down with career bureaucrats. That's what we have is that we have a bunch of career bureaucrats who don't produce and we need Californians to be able to uh, move stuff around and get things done and the agencies are quite frankly who's holding them up. And that's one of my goals is to, to get these career bureaucrats uh, out of there, I'll appoint people who wanna get things done, who know how to get things done, not only in government but in the private industry as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's great. And, you know, the people at Cal Gym and the people working in these agencies are good people, but I can tell working with them, they're just defeated. They they know that if they move our permits forward, they they they're going to get slapped by, you know, Governor Newsom and, and, and they fear that backlash and. Right now, I'm seeing a lot of the people that have been at these agencies for some time just retire. The senior people are just yeah. saying, I'm out of here. This is ridiculous. And we lose a lot of knowledge and expertise when that happens. And nobody, operators don't want that. And these agencies need to be protected for what they are. And 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 we, we love having them, but we just want them to do their job, like you say. So thank well, you. Well,
1: Mike, you know, as you know, that the industry, and we're talking about oil and gas here, I mean, there was wells that were abandoned in Kern County from, you know, the late 1800s and 19, you know, 1900s. They're, they're, it's, it's crazy. It's like they're, these, are, these are out there and they took responsibility. They put the money up to actually go cap these wells and, you know, take care of them so that they're not uh, emitting, uh, you know, gases or whatever. And it's been one of my things on sub two that I bring up every year because we get to talk to the agencies. They're, they're the heads of the agencies are there. And I I rail on them. I'm like, you know, the money's there. The industry has done what they're supposed to do. And you can't even get that done. Let's go out and take these legacy wells and cap them off and, and take care of them. And that's something that we need to get done and we're not getting it done. And they're, and they're talking about the environment. Well, let's just, let's, the money's there. Let's go do it. Let's find contractors to go plug these uh, holes in the ground that are emitting uh, gases and take care of those issues as because the, the, you know, the villain out there is these big oil. I mean, you hear about big oil and it's like big oil stepped up and did what they were supposed to do. Now the agencies need to do what they are supposed to do and at least take care of these legacy wells. I bring it up every year. And it's just frustrating. It's like you, you complain about, you know, somebody spilling a couple of gallons of oil somewhere when we got these wells emitting, uh, and we're not taking care of it. At the same time, polluting the amazon river because of of oil we have to have in california uh that we need to make our economy work and you know the talk about moving to an all-electric uh transportation system is just crazy i mean we're gonna have power Mm -hmm. outages this summer and our infrastructure for our antiquated uh power line system is is messed up too so we have to get our infrastructure in the on the electric side set up so we can do this look i'm not opposed to people driving electric cars i i like them i ride in them Uh, they don't have quite the range i need to get from here to sacramento Um, but if i was locally in sacramento why not i mean if my electricity rates there but we need to think about that what i was talking about it's like we don't just throw seeds on the ground we have to prep we have to plan and you know we're not going to meet this 2035 mandate uh to be all electric. it's not going to happen i mean there's no way it can happen just like they talked about we're going to shut down uh diablo canyon nuclear power plant no you're not it's six percent of california's electricity if you shut it down today we'd have blackouts you're not going to shut it down because you haven't planned for to replace that power which californians need that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about that you we need leadership in we need a we need a long-term outlook for california to plan for the future so that uh chase reagan and roslyn my kids will have a future here and that's what we haven't done we've just been talking we've set these goals and then we've just moved forward without having a real clear plan and bringing the public along. I think that's what's gonna uh, you know, bring Gavin Newsom down and their bad policies is the fact that, you know, you can't afford to live here because of the bad energy policies that we've had with electricity and with fuel. And you know, our, our food's going up too because we don't have infrastructure for our food uh, and labor issues as well. So there's a lot happening in California that can be fixed. We don't have to be in crisis mode. Uh, we just need leadership that understands common sense approaches to everyday things we do in private business and just make it happen for our government to work better.
0: Absolutely. That's so great. And so key And I'll be sure to, that's probably a good, good spot to kind of wrap up. I want to be respectful of your time, spending time with your son on the harvest that's really neat, (laughs) but um, just to, just to remind all the energy strong folks listening to this, that it's important we defeat Gavin Newsom because as we hear about Biden potentially issuing climate executive orders, they're gonna look just like they do in California. They're gonna ban, they're gonna put a moratorium on all flare permits in the Permian Basin. They're gonna put a moratorium on all freshwater use for hydraulic fracturing in the Permian Basin. They're gonna come after every, every avenue they can to attack our domestic energy. And that, that's exactly what he's done here. And that's what would happen in D.C. and is happening. I mean, through this regime in D.C., it's it's cookie cutter textbook California failed energy policies just being replicated to the rest of the nation. So, I hope everybody feels that sense of urgency that you and I have to support you to raise money because the most important thing we can do as a country right now is get behind you. In my opinion.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I want to just say one thing here in closing, Mike. That. Our forests were burning down a couple years ago and Gavin Newsom uh, regulated lawnmowers, weed eaters and and combustible engines in California. You can't buy a generator or a a small generator or a weed eater by 2024. That's that's two years from now. You won't be able to buy one in California. And he he was talking about global warming. It's the same thing they've been talking about. The biggest emitter of carbon in the world is forest fire. It's not transportation. And so... We need to talk about the facts, and they just keep distorting them. They're going to do that across this nation. Obviously, we're in a heat wave right now, and they're going to use that to go out to the combustion engine, something that Californians and Americans need every day. So as it goes in California, so does the nation. Uh, I need people to come alongside me. Go to BrianDaly.com, donate, uh, share, let people know that there is somebody that has some common sense that understands what California needs and how it will impact the rest of the nation. Uh, Come alongside me. Look forward to. uh, being your next governor. And Mike, we'll get those permits done and we'll make California a place that we can dream again about uh, sharing for the futures of not only America, uh, but for our children and our grandchildren. And that's the thing I'm about is look, this is the most wonderful state. We have everything you can imagine, but we have the storms that come off the Pacific. We have the Sierra's that catch the snow. We have fertile valleys. We have oil, we have uh, technology. We have the ports to move our exports uh, around the world. We just have some failed leadership at the top. And with 25 years of one party control in California, uh, we just need some common sense. And so, BrianDalley.com.
0: Nice. Awesome. We'll be dancing in the streets when that, when that victory takes place. We're well, right. thanks again for joining us. Appreciate your time. All right, Mike. Thanks. All right. To you. Have a good harvest.